Hello and welcome to this Linklaters podcast on payments regulation. I'm joined on the line by two of our payments regulation experts, Harry Edis and Jean Price. Let's start with a quiz. What do the following all have in common? Revolut, Monzo, MasterCard, Apple, Amazon, and PayPal. Well, the answer is they've all recently announced plans to launch Buy Now Pay Later products. We talked about how Buy Now Pay Later works in our January podcast. So Harry, what's happened since then? Uh, well, thanks, Simon. Um, well, in a um, in a real show of timing, um, just after just a few days after we published that episode, the FCA released a report on the UK's unregulated credit market. That was led by Christopher Woolard, and so is known as the Woolard Review. And it caused something of a splash by recommending that buy now, pay later products should be regulated. As you'll recall from that previous episode, buy now, pay later arrangements are actually a form of credit but normally exempt from regulation because they're interest-free and short-term. The Woolard Review said that buy now, pay later represents significant potential consumer harm and should be regulated as a matter of urgency. The government agreed and said that the Treasury would bring forward legislation to do just that. It's taken nine months, but the Treasury has now kicked off a consultation on regulating buy now, pay later products, asking for feedback on their proposals by the 6th of January, 2022. And probably the most important takeaway is that the Treasury is sticking to the line that buy now, pay later should be regulated, meaning that the providers you mentioned at the start would need to have permission to enter into regulated consumer credit agreements, and any unregulated providers would most likely need to be authorised by the FCA. So, Jean, what would this mean in practice? Well, Simon, as anyone who knows me well knows that I'm a bit of a consumer credit anorak. I do enjoy a bit of regulated credit. So if you look at the requirements for regulated credit agreements, and if you, indeed you've applied for a loan or credit card recently, you'll know that you've gone through quite a detailed credit worthiness assessment that may have gone in the background with checks for the CRA. Um, you'd have been given a lot of information about the loan, this adequate explanations regime, you know, what it is, what it does, what could potentially go wrong, what you really need to think about. And the, 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 the real um, emphasis in the regulated credit regime is on making sure that the loan is affordable and that you're making an informed choice to enter into that loan. This morning, I bought my winter's supply of birdseed and I opted to buy it on buy now, pay later. Um, really interesting. I timed myself. I really should get out more. It took one minute and 19 seconds for me to be accepted and to spread the cost of my payment. It's really interesting how quickly I was able to get credit with seemingly no credit checks or information. It went straight through, as I say, one minute, 19 seconds later, I have a credit agreement which enables me to spread the cost of my birdseed over four, four months, um, or over four payments rather. And that is because the whole host of 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 things that are required for a regulated credit agreement, adequate explanations, affordability assessment, pre-contractual disclosure, just aren't required for unregulated buy now, pay later um, products at the moment. So I think the issue is people can sleepwalk into having a lot of credit. Um, you know, if you sit in front of your computer and just ask for buy now, pay later on every transaction you made, that's a lot of debt you are storing up. So I think it is, it is actually, you know, not a bad thing for 
for this to come in within the regulatory perimeter. And what it's going to do, I think, is it's going to slow down the process. So the first time you apply for credit, it takes longer than one minute, 19 seconds. Um, so it's going to make it, um, it's going to put friction into the process. Um, customers are going to have to go scrolling down through the terms and conditions. They're going to have to answer questions about affordability. So I don't think this is something that the buy now, pay later providers are, are going to be cock a hoop about, certainly. And so is this kind of thing what buy now, pay later providers will need to do in the future? Well, most likely, yes. Um, the Treasury consultation emphasises in uh, several places that the regulation of buy now, pay later should be, quote, balanced and proportionate. Now, how that actually comes out in practice will remain to be seen. So the FCA rules on free contractual information are likely to, likely to apply, um, and that gives the scope to the FCA to tailor the rules to take into account the specific nature of buy now, pay later arrangements. And the same is likely to be true of the FCA's rules on creditworthiness um, assessments. There's also legislation which stipulates the form and content of regulated credit agreements. I'm sure we've all read those when um, applying for our credit card, uh, the dense five page text of, um, of legal type. Um, but again, this is something that the Treasury uh, thinks should apply. But they also think that it needs to set bespoke rules for buy now, pay later products because of the nature of the credit that's actually being provided. So you could say that the Treasury is having its cake and eating it acquiescing to regulate buy now, pay later, but leaving the door open for a tailored, lighter touch regime, which is probably justified because of the lower risks. Okay, that's interesting. You mentioned lower risks there. I mean, is this, arguably, is this a sledgehammer to crack a nut? So, because the sense that I have is that most people like Jean um, are using buy now, pay later to, to buy, um, maybe not birdseed necessarily, but clothes and other relatively low value, value goods. I think that's the issue, though. I mean, I always traditionally thought you used it for spreading the cost of your new washing machine or tumble dryer, but you can actually use it for for small um, purchases now. And it is lower risk taken in isolation. I mean, it's a limited number of payments and it has to be interest free. But while a single loan is problem free, I think, you know, my concern is the pre Christmas online spending spree. You know, you, you, two weeks before Christmas, you haven't done your shopping. You sat in front of your computer. You could easily have 30 individual transactions. You know, by the time you've got four sets of grandparents, two sets of parents, partners, siblings, children, cousins, friends, school teachers, you know, everyone we have to buy for. Um, believe me, it adds up all funded through unregulated buy now, pay later, that could cause serious affordability issues, you know, come the chill winds of January. Um, and that, I think, here is the policy concern that the Woolard um, reviews identified. I think that's absolutely right, Jean. So the Treasury, I think, is taking a somewhat nuanced position in this. It's fairly clear that it does not want to regulate buy now, pay later out of existence, nor place re unnecessary uh, burdens on what they call the real economy. Um, as you may recall from our earlier podcast, the buy now, pay later exemptions were introduced really to allow merchants flexibility in providing instalments, sports clubs to allow members to spread the cost of membership, employers to help pay for season tickets, things along those lines. And the Treasury does not want to regulate these activities. In particular, the Treasury seems to suggest that businesses that which allow forbearance or instalments in paying for goods or services should remain outside the regulatory net. However, I'm not sure that how far this will help aspiring third party buy now, pay later providers, as it feels as though any third party provider of buy now, pay later is likely to suffer the icy winds of uh, regulation, particularly given the uh, FCA's uh, pronounced approach. 
The other point that the Treasury makes is around credit broking. Currently, merchants do not need to be regulated for credit broking, where the credit provided is subject to the exemptions that are normally relied upon uh, by buy now, pay later providers. The Treasury appears keen not to gum up the system by requiring every merchant now to become regulated for credit broking because of a shift of, BN, uh, of buy now, pay later providers um, needing to be regulated, as this would shift an unacceptable burden onto smaller merchants. For once, it appears that government is recognising the cost of regulation. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that um, the consultation doesn't actually include any draft legislation that's going to have to follow, um, and presumably that will come sometime next year. So the legislation will then need to be passed, taking up parliamentary time, um, and then the FCA will need to consult on and finalise the new tailored buy now, pay later rules. So this isn't going to happen sort of particularly fast. Um, that said, if you are a BNPL provider or you're thinking about going into that market, it's not too um, early to start planning for life as an FCA authorised firm. And of course, the application process, because, you know, it is coming down the pipe. I can't see that they're going to turn the ship at this at this stage. It's the regulatory perimeter is beckoning. Um, so if you're designing new products and services, if you're setting up new systems, why not do it with that in mind to avoid you know a wholesale change later on and what else has the treasury said in this consultation paper so one of the things um that has been mentioned also is that treasury plans to look at whether all buy now pay later adverts should be brought into the financial promotions regime currently there are exemptions on which uh, merchants can rely this could complicate the marketing of buy now pay later Regulated providers would need to make sure that their adverts comply with the financial promotions regime, um, which is one thing, but they would also have to approve the promotions made by their merchant partners. And how do you think buy now, pay later providers are going to respond to this consultation? Well, I think it might might speed things up for those who are um, looking to get into the market. So I think we're going to see existing providers and new entrants really going hell for leather to claim market share in the space. I mean, the market is fairly hot for buy now, pay later. More people are using it. It's readily accessible. Um, you know, as we've moved into digital and online and app based things, it's a really easy thing to do now. That never used to be the case. It's going in one direction. We might see the bigger brands um, start to diversify into potentially more profitable areas. It may also drive um, innovation like pay now options, for example. Others might look to stay out of the regulatory net. The, the Treasury is focused on the fixed sum exemption, but notes that the, there is um, a similar exemption for running account credit. It's also asked for that exemption to be looked at, but other models can still work. Um, such as factoring, which remains outside the regulatory net, and we haven't heard any intention to bring that inside. So while uh, mainstream buy now, pay later may be subject to regulation, um, I'd bet my last interest-free instalment repayment pound, um, from my adversity clearly, that alternatives to buy now, pay later will pop up post any changes. Water always finds a way through um, people who don't want to be regulated will find some way of doing it outside the regulatory perimeter. I think that's right, Jean. I think some will say bring it on. But regulation brings with it extra costs. Buy now, pure buy now, pay later services do not offer huge margin opportunities and greater compliance costs have to be met somehow. 
One option for that would, of course, be to increase fees on merchants, which may well end up being passed on to the consumer. But it's not a one-way street. Bringing more people into regulation may, as Jean has just implied, mean that other people um, then find that the costs are too high and or go to other unregulated service providers who have no desire to be within the regulatory net, uh, which clearly is uh, balancing the cost and benefit analysis of bringing this into regulation in the first place. Thank you, Harry and Jean. And let's end with a quick what you might have missed. This week, I'm going to flag that uh, an important update has come out from the FCA uh, in its latest perimeter report. This is an annual review of, of where the line should be drawn between what is and isn't regulated. And the latest FCA report has suggested that the senior manager regime should be extended to apply to payments firms. We'll turn the spotlight onto this in a future podcast to discuss what the practical impacts would be for uh, payments firms if this were to happen. If you would like to get in touch with us, please do so. You can tweet at Linklaters Tech or email fintech.podcasts at linklaters.com. Until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.